0: the gospel message in that wonderful song. I don't um, know where she is. Anyway, um, there there you go. And special welcome to Krista's family, sister and brother-in-law, and welcome from down south to uh, beautiful, sunny Pennsylvania. Um, We we need to pray. This is a text. There's a lot here, um, and we need to dive into this um, at this time this morning. Uh, Christmas Day, Um, the very first year that we moved here in in 2011, our first Christmas was on a Sunday, and so this is already the second time around with Leap Year. Uh, It's the second time around that I get to preach on Sunday morning, and it is an amazing privilege to focus all of our attention on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads first, commit our time to the Lord, uh, and that He um, would be glorified. Let's pray. Father, it says in your word, not unto us, not unto us, O Lord, but to your name be the glory. And that is our desire this morning. We thank you for the amazing, amazing uh, blessings that surround us, the freedoms that we enjoy, uh, the health, the strength, the, the beauty of families. I thank you, Lord, for this church, and I thank you, Lord, for how it has stood faithfully for decades now uh, on the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ask that you would continue to bless us and direct us as we seek to exalt the name of Jesus in the community and the context that we're called to live and to minister in. Father, right now, I I lift up um, our dear friends, uh, Mike and Amanda Coleman, and dear little Leah and Benjamin, um, as they await, uh, Lord, inevitably, um, it's your call. And we commit, uh, Mike, um, may we pray faithfully. And may we support uh, this precious family as they go through a very, very dark um, time together. Thank you, Lord, that we have the hope of the resurrection of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that we have the the glory of good news and the gospel. Lord, I pray for many in our community that just do not have that. They're completely lost. They're wandering. They're confused. They're discouraged. And they're terrified. God, help us, Lord, to offer a a cup of cold water to the thirsty. And may may, may we thirst and hunger after righteousness. May we strive for holiness as we, Lord, close the, the, the door of the chapter on one year and open the door to another. Uh, may we find ourselves before your feet, falling, worshiping, honoring, giving, and glorifying you. At this time now, as we learn, please, Lord, I ask for an extra measure of grace and clarity of thought and mind and speech We love you, and we thank you for your gracious patience and love for us. Bless us now as you see fit. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Oh, the joys, the joys of Christmas. Um, We have all received, I'm sure, some really neat um, and interesting gifts. You have ones at the top of your list, as I do, like my self-stirring mind mug yeah it's a it, it's just you know what today is just too long it's too hard we can't we can't stir our coffee ourselves. i have a self-stirring little button up here i didn't bring it for you but um you, you need to check one of those out just an amazing gift another one another favorite i received um were, um i want to get this right they, they were they were bacon and cheese flavored crickets from our youth group and our youth pastors, so special thank you. Um, I will. I have to be honest. I have not tried one yet. However, uh, my wife was brave enough uh, to try one, and she 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 told me yesterday. She goes, I could live off them if I had to. It was it was it was funny last night. We were enjoying just a beautiful evening together, in 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 church, and, and it's just full, and, and we're singing, and Wendy leans over, and she goes, I've got a cricket leg stuck in my teeth, <laughs> oh. man, I did what you did, I married up, you know, I don't know, one of my favorite gifts, I don't, I don't know, if you, I don't think you'll ever see it, <laughs> No, I I received uh, from Isaac, who delivered it personally last night, a a Jamaican tie-dyed cat (laughs) t-shirt. He was concerned that I always preach in black and white. That's all it ever is. So thank you, Isaac. Maybe I will. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, anyway. All right. We need to focus here, okay? Thank you, Isaac. There is much excitement and, and even movement about this day. And I think in all honesty, it's very easy for us to get somewhat, just a little bit, distracted from the truth of Christmas. Therefore, what? We, we, we gathered to focus on the fact that God has showed up. Do you realize? God with us. And We looked at that last night. That God came to rescue us from our sin by offering himself as a sacrifice to die on a cross and shed his blood so that we we can be forgiven today we look at what I call God showed up to reign and we will we will look at the fact that as Jesus came he came with a purpose to reign to rule I don't know if you've ever considered why 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 does God need to do this what, what, what exactly does this mean that God reigns. I looked up, I spent some time uh, this week. The word reign, I'll just read it to you right from the, the dictionary definition. The word reign means to exercise, excuse me, the exercise of power by a sovereign. The, the term by which a sovereign rules, widespread influence, dominance, to exercise sovereign Power. Now, it's very evident, even in the own definition, that the, that the words reign and the word sovereign, the word reign that exists in that word sovereign, are, are closely connected here. Both indicate what? An immediate presumption of power. A presumption of power. Have you have ever considered the question, how much power do you have? You personally, how much power do you have? Some of you studly men out there like, well, I can bench 245. No, no, I'm, that's neat, okay? More, a lot more than I can. I got the 45 down, okay? It's not that kind of power. It's not that kind of strength that I'm talking about. How, how much power? Some of you are like, well, I have a staff, and I have people that answer the phone for me, or they can, they can bring me a cup of coffee, when i need it and when i when i speak people actually listen so some some would say there is a degree of influence you you have some power and yet i'm i'm talking about no it's it's not really that kind of power that we're talking about let me ask you a question how many people here and you can you can you can even raise your hand for this. So it's like an interactive day. Christmas. We we didn't have any music, so this is different. I like this, and that was really neat. It's refreshing. How how many people have ever got sick um, at least one time just within the past uh, year, 2016? If you got sick, okay, there's pretty much at some okay, pretty much every one of us. We've got a, a cold or a flu or a bug of of some sort and. How many people take a vitamin or something on a daily basis um, to keep you from, from getting sick? Linnell does, so we got one. Okay? And you're kind of like, how, how does that actually work out for you? Like when you take, you, you feel it coming on, and I had to check with a health science major. What, what is the healthiest food that we can possibly eat? And I was told it was spinach blueberries, probably those two things right there. And they're, I'm sure you have your opinions of the, the value of kale, okay? But now we're all down. We start to what? We get a little sick, and I'm like blueberrying it down the whole time. And so we realize, in all honesty, that 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 we cannot do anything to actually keep us from at some point just just getting sick. And, and yes, we are to exercise. Yes, we are to steward our body, wear your, your seatbelt and wear your helmet. That's a good thing to do. But I want you to understand this morning that you have no power. You have no power over the length of your life. And by doing all of the little vitamins and the blueberries and the, and the helmet, you will not add one day to your life you will not add one day to your life because it is very very clearly indicated in scripture that what our life is is fragile we have no idea you have no idea you have no rule no control you do not reign over tomorrow next week next year why it it all it all abides and exists and it is held In the hands of a sovereign God. It says this in Job chapter 14 and verse 5. A man's days are numbered. You know the number of his months. And he cannot live longer than the time that you have set. Every one of us, we know what. You know, you you give your name and your birth date. 8, And everyone knows that. We have no idea. We cannot give that next date. You know, the one that's going to appear in your stone someday. That we're going to gather around, outside, maybe raining with umbrellas and commit your body. To, you have no rule at all. Why? Because God's in charge. Because God ultimately reigns. God has power. Now, now today, and it's a neat day because of Christmas Day. We can look past all of the, the fun and the food and the trappings and get a glimpse of the glory of Christ. Isaiah the prophet spoke and wrote of this, and, and we even read about it at Christmas time in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 that a child what, will be born, and that child will become the mighty God. Little tiny babe. And he becomes the mighty God. We talked about the fact that Micah in chapter 5, verse 2, that a child would be born in this little little, little, little town, Bethlehem. And it says what? That he is born to rule. He is born to reign. The psalmist words it like this in Psalm chapter 47 and verses 7 and 8. For God is the king of all of the earth. We got a hard time putting 200 pounds over our head. God reigns over all of the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. And God sits on his holy Throne. There is, I, I, I do not believe, there is, there is no greater message to be reminded of on this day than that very thought right there. God sits on his holy throne. There's a place in scripture, text I'm going to draw your attention to this morning for a few moments where God, God speaks loud and clear about this little babe and who, who he becomes and who he is. God speaks loud and clear about the glories of Christ and the supremacy of his own son. Here it is, Hebrews chapter 1. Did, did we move? It's like I have to walk a mile, sorry, to get a Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, 2, and 3. Long ago, long ago, at many times... And in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the worlds. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And I love this. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Oh, there is, there is, I love this text. There is so much here. The author, what's, when the author of Hebrews wrote, had a good discussion after opening our stockings this morning about who wrote the book of Hebrews. That's another conversation, but it's a great, great study. God did, just to let you know. When the author of Hebrews wrote this, it has been more than 400 years of silence. 400 years since the prophets spoke as, what? Until recently or lately, And God did better than just speaking. God showed up in the person of Jesus. Four things I want to give to you this morning from this text. The first one is this. Jesus reigns as the heir of all things. Number one, Jesus reigns as the heir of all things. It says this. His son, God the Father, speaking of his son, whom he appointed the air of all things. I read this this, this week that airship follows sonship. So the two are intimately woven together. they're knit together. You and I know that in air what is 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 directed not only to the position that a person holds but to the person that he or her is. which means what it's the who here. who? that matters. Now perhaps you have inherited something before. My grandfather went bald at a very early age. My father has a very large or what we call in our family a distinctive nose. And I inherited both of those things now now maybe you have inherited something of value or of worth when grandpop died you maybe got his old valare station wagon or maybe his his home was given to you that's neat but think for a moment if one was a king and the entire kingdom is given. It's hard for us, like just like plain Jane people, it's hard for us to even comprehend this. With Christ, what? He is the son of God, the second member of the Trinity. Therefore, God has designed, what? The fact that all of creation and not only is he the heir of all, but look what it says. He's the creator of all, through whom also he created the world. So he's not just heir, he's creator. Therefore in the end, what's going to happen? He is going to gather together all of redeemed humanity. Those whom he has planned since the very foundation of the earth was set. And what? After this final redemption, everything, everything will be given to him as a gift. And he will be the heir of everything. Can can you imagine that? Now for us, we would, we, we would, it sounds something like this: son, son, here, I want you to have your grandmother's ring. We, we may hear something like this. Can, can you imagine? God the Father saying, Son, here. And we're not talking about like here, here's the Grand Canyon. It, it, we're not even talking about that. Son, here's Niagara. No, 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 it's bigger than that son. Here's Everest. No, it's bigger. Sun, here's, here's the sun. <laughs> the Milky Way. It's everything bigger than the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom. It's what? It's the redeemed kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. Now, we know that there is a great mystery surrounding the kingdom of God that has, has partially come and yet is still coming. I I like the way there's many references uh, throughout scriptures to God reigning, establishing his kingdom, but there's still this part that we don't fully understand it. There's a mystery, and the term mystery is used. I like the way that that Piper uh, describes it very briefly, and I quote, So the kingdom has come, according to Matthew 12 and Luke 17, and the coming of the kingdom is still future, according to Luke 19 and many other texts. He goes, this is puzzling. It threw the Pharisees into confusion. It took John the Baptist off guard in, in Matthew 11. It caused one crowd to want to throw Jesus off the cliff in, in Luke 4, another one to, to make him king in John 6. It baffled Pilate when Jesus was on trial in John 18. he left the apostles confused and hopeless between Good Friday and Easter in Luke chapter 24. Then he writes this, Behind this confusion was what Jesus called the mystery of, or the secrets of the kingdom. It's it's partially come, and yet it is still coming, and it is being gathered together, and it will be offered. Do you hear, and do you see, and do do you get that? Nothing. No one is outside the control of King Jesus. Secondly, we will see that Jesus reigns as the radiance of the glory of God. And that's 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 what it, it says right here. What he is the radiance, he is the radiance of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of his nature. This word radiance is a great word. In Greek, it's apogsma, it's the, the Greek word which means brightness. It's a radiating light. It's different. It's not actually the light bulb. It's the light that radiates from the light bulb. That's, that's, in a sense, what Jesus is. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. Jesus is literally God shining. This is what Paul speaks of when he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 5. Let light shine out of darkness. That's what Jesus did when he came here. So, Jesus is what? He is what? The shining forth of God. He is the manifestation of God. He is God made known to us. People have asked me, well, what what exactly, what do you you think God looks like? Look at Jesus. Just look at Jesus. Perhaps not the, the precise appearance, but look at his attributes. Look at his, his character. Every single time we look toward Jesus, what, what, what do we see? We get a glimpse of God. That's the reason. That's the reason a Christmas is so cool. This is a cool time of the year. God, God coming in the form in the flesh of a man, the incarnation of Christ. Like it is it is fully God and fully man together in the most humble. And the most meek power, power under control. That's that's who Jesus is. That's who God is. And God offers, he, he loves us enough to offer his own son. We deserve to die. And God loved us enough to say, no, you take him. Only God could love, only God can love that Thirdly, Jesus reigns by the word of his power. I think this is my favorite part of this text. It says that he upholds the universe by the word of his power, by his spoken word. We are still rejoicing when we go tell our kids, okay, could you go get dad's slippers? I'm still excited if they obey me. I'm still thrilled by that. Like, wow, he listened. Like, that's, that's really, that's the extent of how much power we really have. And yet, God upholds the entire universe by his spoken word. Huh. I love how Paul describes this in a letter that he writes to a church in Colossae. They were struggling. They were struggling in understanding all who Christ is, and they're struggling with all that Christ did. And so Paul writes this in the very first letter, in a sense, in the very first chapter of, of the book of Colossians, to gear their thinking, to, to 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 point their thinking in the right direction. And he and he writes this Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 He is the image of the invisible God. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For, for by him All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him. And I love this. And for him, not for you and not for me. So we we get things skewed when we live for how much can I grab? What can I get? This isn't even this isn't even yours. It's not for you. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And I love this. And in him, all things hold together. Do do you realize what that means? Ever ever consider this? We, uh, We exist on a sphere, a ball, globe, the earth doing some research this week and, and I learned a new word here do you know some of you science geeks know this but I, I just learned it. okay I, I, I won't tell you about what I did in science class anyway the, the earth is a ball that literally weighs six sextillion tons that is a six with 21 zeros behind it okay and what And it just is held there. There's like nothing. There's no strings attached. It's held there. Six with 21 zeros, tons, and it's just hanging there. And while it's hanging there, it's moving. It's traveling around the sun 900 million miles per year at a speed of 67 thousand miles an hour and while it's traveling 67,000 miles an hour for 900 miles around the sun it's spinning on it's axis 1,000 miles an hour and you don't feel a thing God holds up if the earth's rotation was slowed down even a little bit we would either freeze or we would burn to death The sun has a constant surface temperature of 12,000 degrees Fahrenheit. If we were any closer, we would burn up. If we were any further, we would freeze to death. The earth is tilted at an exact angle of 23 degrees, which enables us to have four seasons. If it was tilted, what, 24 degrees, there would not be four seasons. If, if, if the moon didn't remain at an exact distance from the earth, the ocean tides would inundate, would flood the land completely twice a day. If the oceans slipped to a few feet deeper, then, it's, then, then, then carbon dioxide and oxygen in the earth's atmosphere would be completely absor- absorbed and no vegetable life, plant life could exist on the entire planet. If our atmosphere didn't remain the constant, but it thinned out, you wouldn't be able to breathe. Meteors would be literally flying through because they wouldn't be burned up. And we'd be what? We'd be, in a sense, be rained upon from a a hellfire. Think about the precision. There is great, perfect, and precise order, all of it, by his spoken word word. Christmas Day, see that, see, see him. Albert Einstein, one of the greatest scientific minds of the 20th century, died a a broken man, a dispirited and a disappointed man, because as he dug down deeper and deeper and deeper into the fabric that makes up the atomic elements of life. And when he got down to the very, very bottom of it, there was what? There was a force. There was a power that held it all together and it could not be identified. It could not be seen. It couldn't be measured. It couldn't be qualified. It couldn't be tested. Why? Well, why is that? Because there's the invisible power of the Son of God that upholds everything the single reason that things stay in order and in orbit the reason that things are predictable for us when you drop something it falls and we know that the reason that things sustain a pattern that can be trusted is because everything is upheld by the word the spoken word of his power. The whole universe hangs on the arm of Jesus Christ. That little baby that we celebrated his birth. He he came to reign. He came the first time humble and meek in a manger. I tell you what, he's coming again. And it is not going to be humble and meek. He will he will literally unleash every ounce of his might and he will reveal his full glory. And we need to be ready for that. All the complicated movements of this world's mind-boggling to us. It's, it's nothing to him. Fourthly and finally, Jesus reigns by forgiving sin and sitting down at the right hand of his Father. Oh, here's the good news. After making purification for sins, it says he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That that text speaks of God coming to reign, concludes with, I believe, the most important part, the fact that Jesus is the Savior, the one who rescues everyone. So not only is it here, not only is the air, not only is he the radiant glory, not only does he uphold everything by his spoken word, but what he does is that he deals with our sin once and for all. Once and for all. We, We come, I describe to people all the time, every single one of us are pushing a wheelbarrow. And every single one of us have junk in our wheelbarrow. Stuff that I don't want anyone to know, anyone to see. It's just junk. And reality is, is some people have a whole lot more junk in their wheelbarrow than others. But do you realize that regardless, regardless of whatever we have done, the horrible things that we have said to other people, the, the, the disgusting grossness, sins that exist and, and I can conjure up in my mind and allow to rest in my heart. All of the, the selfishness, I, I want this like this now. Like that's me, that's us. The, the anger and the short-tempered, the, the, the lustful thoughts, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. The, the, the doubts and the fears where we can stay up at night and, and lose sleep, being worried about things that we're making up in our own mind. All of that, all of that, we can what? We cast those burdens before the Lord. And He carries them. and cares for us. And what, what I delight is that He takes all that sin and He forgives us. The term that is used here is that He purifies I, I, I don't even have to say it you know exactly what I'm in your mind you know the dirt and the filth that you feel in your own heart and in your own mind when you step outside the lines that God has drawn for us we do it and we know how we feel praise God for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that convicts our hearts and draws us back but we know how horrid and how dirty and how disgusting we can feel yeah, look what it's, I love, um, John writes, John, one whom, whom Jesus loved, he says this in First John chapter 1, verse 9, we know this, if, if we confess our sins, well, even that's tough, even that part, we need to, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, and I love this, and cleanse us, squeaky clean. We were given a gift this, this year, by God's grace. I've a little grandson. And I was telling Wendy. I was telling Wendy last night, we were snuggling and playing. I said, I can't stop looking at him. I just can't stop looking at him. And 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 Sarah brings him out of the bath, and he's just, oh, and you smell you don't always smell like that. <laughs> and there's something that there's this precious, beautiful, pure and clean. And yet inside of that, there's a heart that is desperately and deceitfully wicked, and he and he reveals that to us. But, but regardless of anything and everything, I, I pray before I preach and, and I don't know how many years I've been preaching 20 some years And I do not recall And I'm not This is only by God's grace I do not recall Ever having gone into the pulpit Without praying through Psalm 51 Lord create in me a clean heart Oh God and Renew a right spirit within me and Oftentimes I do it in tears Wash me thoroughly For my iniquity Purge me with hyssop I love the old King James Purge me with hyssop And I shall be clean Wash me And I shall be whiter than snow Please, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I pray that, as David prayed that, as we need to pray that when we recognize that we have nothing. We have, it is all for him. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name be the glory. I love this, finally, the reason why we know, why we know this work is sufficient, why we know it's complete, why we know it's finished. I love this. It says, that's why, he, why it's here. It says what? After making purification for our sins, three words, it's a simple little phrase, he sat down. Well, wait wait a minute. Why is that there? What's it the matter about his... Well, because you you only sit down when the job's done. That's the idea. And you know the feeling when you've worked hard and all day long and you're just exhausted, but you come home and you're like, wow, there's a lot, and you sit down. It's done. You check that day off. Jesus Christ, and I still have a hard time imagining even these words coming out. They don't come out of my mouth. as as the Roman soldiers were literally nailing spikes, metal spikes through his hands and his feet. And he says, Father, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. I thirst. Woman, behold your son. And and we know the very last statement, the very last words that Jesus cries out. What? You know them. It is finished. It's finished done. There's nothing that you can do. He did it all for you. It's done. It's over. We live in victory and we live in obedience. We live in pursuing holiness. He sat down and look where he sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. A seat and a place of prominence. I I will still go and visit with my parents and I will still seat, sit at my father's right hand, and I will look for that seat that's an important place for the youngest son and that's 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 where Jesus sits at the right hands praise God that that God showed up to reign Jesus came to reign lastly have you acknowledged that? Are you still thinking that you're in charge? You can't get 200 pounds over your head. Let, let, let me close by challenging you to search the depths of your own heart and say, does he reign? Does he rule? I'll tell you what, and, and, and Matt read I think he read it last night in Philippians chapter 2, that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you do not do it now, You can be certain you will do it then. You can be certain about it. Does Jesus Christ reign in your heart? Will you let him reign? And the delight is, is what? You will will reign. In glory with him forever and ever. Matt's going to come and lead us uh, as we sing this last song, but I want to read to you a couple uh, phrases from it. Hark the herald angels sing. Charles Wesley writes this several hundred years ago. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. King. Christ by heaven, Christ by highest Heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory, glory to the newborn king. We're going to sing that together.
1: Hey Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing? <clears throat> Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn king Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with the angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting. Time, behold him come, offspring of the Virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead seen, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as men with men to dwell. Husar, Emmanuel. Hark the herald angel, sing. Glory to the newborn king. Hail the heaven born prince of peace. Hail the son of righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Amen and amen. Would you go in his peace? Merry Christmas.